0: podcast that's grassroots conversations a podcast that is designed to basically talk about the major issues within our grassroots games within every sport across the country and we're hoping to provide solutions and answers to questions and problems that arise most commonly now in our grassroots games Um, this podcast is actually hosted by three people we've only got two here today but three people who basically have been involved in sport for many, many years have played at an elite level, have played at a grassroots level, and have run, have and are running businesses within the sports industry presently. So myself, my name is Richard Tweed. I, um, I currently run a, a a sports events company called ENG Sports UK. Predominantly, we're based within netball, but my past is basically, um, I played, I was lucky enough to play for one of the best school teams in the country, which got to Wembley Stadium and we won big national competitions. That led on to me being scouted for Oxford United, um, where I had a great time um, playing, you know, against other elite um, professional teams and played for my country, Northern Ireland, at a youth international level up until the age of 18. At the age of 16 for Oxford, I managed to get a a YTS or scholarship, a a three-year scholarship. Um, Unfortunately, didn't pan out the way I wanted it to, so at the age of 18, um, got released, but I did make the first team bench once. So um, I'll hold on to that one. And um, yeah, after that, I went into normal work. But then I found myself again in the sporting world when I created the um, the world's only esports company that got kids involved in sport using technology as a tool. And I did that for nine years and um, I coached. I put on some fantastic events. And um that led me on to Eng sports, which just basically is kind of similar I've dropped the coaching now i don't I don't do the coaching bit no more my hair got way too gray for that and um, I now um just put events on and hopefully inspire inspire and motivate kids to play their sport but give them the opportunity to do it on a really um, competitive platform and to um, make their sporting journeys as um as a as fun as possible, as um enjoyable as possible. So that's me, Richard Tweed. Um, with me today, um, who's going to be um hosting this alongside me week in week out is Craig Falconbridge. So Craig, hello, mate. Good evening. How you doing, Richard? You alright? Yeah, we're good, mate. Um, Craig, let everyone know what you're about, mate.
1: All right. So um, I was fortunate enough that, similar to Richard um had a um a very successful youth career. At Coventry City, so I was lucky enough um, to get picked up at the age of fourteen, fifteen, um, and went through the the schoolboy sort of section at Coventry City. Then I was lucky to get a YTS and and turn pro after eighteen. So I I sort of was able to sort of almost live my dream a little bit, um, which was to become a professional footballer. So I spent um, six years as a pro, seven years as a pro, uh, travelling up and down the country, playing the Scottish Premier League. Against uh, teams like um, Celtic and Rangers, scored my first professional goal against Celtic, which ultimately stopped stopped them from winning the league. Came back to England and I played for Wrexham uh, in the English League, and then I went from Wrexham to Hotwell, sorry from Hull to Wrexham, Wrexham to Wickham, um, and sort of bounced around League One and League Two. Um, Really nice and nice environment at the time. Obviously, when you get when you're involved in professional sport, it's great you get to, to get to meet quite a lot of interesting people, obviously interesting managers, but it's it's a very it's a very different world um, to what I'm now involved in. But the message in sport is, is quite mixed up. So at the age of 27, um, I had to retire through injury. I kind of bounced around, as, as you said before, which I bounced around in work for two or three years until I landed sort of almost just into my 30s. I set my own um, sports coaching company up um, and ran that for the. I've, I've been running that for the last thirteen years, um, all the way up to the age of thirty. Well, I'm now forty three, um, and just sort of developing youngsters in sport, trying to get uh, the message across, and in, in terms of how to become that sort of top level sportsman, what type of sacrifices you need to make, and sort of the messages that have get mixed and matched between. So I've had I've had a lot of success. Uh, I've also had some failures along the lines, but it's it's. It's primarily been based in sport development and and trying to trying to sort of develop the next sort of generation of kids coming through just to give them that opportunity to play sport um, well, and, and participate. Well, Craig, you 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 oversee
0: um a, a one of the biggest grassroots clubs locally. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, currently, I'm, I'm involved with um, Tame United FC, um, obviously in, in Oxfordshire, and it's 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 a the football club. Um, have has gone through a major development uh, recently and yeah so obviously the, the, my 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 company has led me into this role um developing kids from the age of 6 all the way up to 18 and obviously into adults so it's it's a, it's a massive role massive job they, they've recently had a brand new uh, 3g mm. built at the club and it's 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 now provided a platform for the for sort of taking sport and especially football onto the next level and that's really my job now is to is to try and focus solely on, 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 on that next, next stage of development and some of the problems that come with it.
0: Well, you know, we, 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 we have, well, we've known each other for, what, six, six, well, a good couple of months now. And um, we kind of share the same uh, views and uh, visions when it comes to how we want sport to be taught, you know, what sort of opportunities we want kids to be able to access. Um, but we were talking the other day, and this, this is what kind of inspired the podcast in a way, or the first episode of the podcast, because the other person who should be in the room is my twin brother, James. And to be honest, he he followed the same sort of route as me um, in terms of football and in business. Um, The only difference is he went to Australia and lived it up for three years running his own football academy. So, um, again, once he does come into the podcast, he's he's someone who's got enough knowledge to, um, again, um, delve into these topics we're going to be delving into. But yeah, Craig, we spoke the other day, and I'm, I'm just the, we said the same generic like, "How was your day?" and "How was how was football at the weekend?" and uh, saying you know you told me that oh you know it, it was it was great, but um you know what what spoiled it a little bit was someone playing paper, scissors, rock um, while uh, <laughs> while uh, <laughs> I was watching the games, and uh, and you you said oh, the, the the phrase football for all, you know this this FA initiative which is football for all it got me thinking straight after it, thinking, but is it for everyone? Like, what does that actually mean? What does football for all actually mean? Because someone who's playing papers is a rock um, while the game's being played. He obviously is not playing football. He's not interested in football. But because of this kind of narrative that these governing bodies are, are pushing to try and get as many people involved in the sport as possible, you know, we've got kids basically involved in sport who in my opinion shouldn't be involved in sport so that's kind of the, that's where the topics come from so the topic today everyone who's listening the millions all around the world is sport for all or not so me and Craig are going to talk about is sport for all or isn't or isn't it are we deluding ourselves are we actually thinking sport is for everyone or is it only for kids who actually understand and get what it takes to be on a football pitch, on a netball court, on a basketball court, in a swimming pool, you know, you name it, or rugby pitch. So um, I think the first thing we should talk, maybe, um, Craig, the first couple of things is, is, can you give, shall we give the people listening an, an, um, an example of the, of an example of someone, um, of the negative aspect of sport for all and the positive I think that's probably the best way because I don't want to come across as an an elitist type of podcast where we only care about the kids who can do who, yeah. can, who can only play to the best standard possible. This is not what the podcast is about so um great, I don't mind going off first
1: yeah or, or I mean, I, I yeah I, I don't mind shooting off mate. i mean you, the subject itself is 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 ridiculously it's got so much depth to it i mean there's yeah. there's there's lots of things at play you know from 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 my own personal experience. You know, there's, there's, it's, it starts, it really does. I mean, I know every, everyone probably says the same thing, but it starts at home. What's, what messages are you, are you, are you getting at home in terms of how you are, are, are kids being given the choice or is it you need to be or you should be doing this? So therefore you will be. Yeah. And that, and that to me is probably one of the biggest questions that need to be sort of set. So from, so give you a prime example, you know, on a Sunday, Sunday morning kickoffs <laughs> at nine o'clock, who's first out of bed? You know, is the is the kids out of bed first, or is the parents out of bed jumping out, getting themselves ready? And great are they, point.
0: Are, great point.
1: Are, are, are they living their dreams, yeah. or are the kids living their dreams? I That's I look at that. That's a great point. I look at that for the first the first the first point of call. I look at is thinking, who's more, who's more excited about this? Who's, yeah. Who, who's <laughs> who's, who's, kick, who's kicking themselves when they get out of bed? Who hasn't? Who, hasn't, who who's who's getting downstairs and clicking the kick? Clicking the kettle on and going, come on, you know, let's get let's get ready for this. Uh, you know, if it's not if it's not the, the the lad or the or the girl that's that's taking part, for me, that that that's that's alarm bell. that's a red flag. Because if yeah. you're having to drag somebody out of bed to go and play football or play play rugby or play tennis or hockey or, or badminton or or netball, then I'm not being funny. Then you're right. That that that's the biggest sort of um, sort of almost like you say negative thing that you could possibly say. For, for taking part in sport that to me like i say if I had a child luckily I've got two that that jump out of bed and love playing love playing football so for me it's it's, it's great you know i would never Great say starting somebody, point is it Craig what's that sorry
0: the great starting point that they actually want to do it
1: yeah the great the <laughs> starting point, the starting point is that they, they actually want to do it they actually what that they're actually saying can you do this to me you can, know can can you can you do this for me you know can you take me here can you take me there not yeah You've got, you've got this on Tuesday. You've got this on Thursday. Oh, have I? Oh, have I? You know, listen, listen to the messages that are coming back. You know, yeah. and then you might not get that incident that happened a weekend where a kid's standing there doing snow angels on the floor or, or, or doing rock, paper, scissors. I'm not being funny. As funny as it looks, to me, that's, that's, that's a waste of a, of a child's activity. They could be doing something else that's physical. You know, I mean that that that's more suitable for for what they want to do rather than what they're being told to do.
0: Yeah, well, that's that's a thing. Like on my part, I'm going to give two examples of so people are clear on what it, what it, exactly what it is we mean by um, is sport for all or not. So I'm going to give off the positive example. So, for mm. example, I'll say example ten thousand more times. Um there's I played I played my first grassroots team was a team called Loudwater. I think now they're called High Wickham Saints or something like that. But um yeah, I was lucky enough to 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 be quite good at football. And um yeah, we we joined my local um Sunday League team and um yeah, just played with a group of guys who are all just as enthusiastic as I was. Um some good players in that team to be fair. But there's one player in particular, um his name I'm not gonna say his full name, but his name was Simon. And um you know, he couldn't kick a ball, he couldn't control a ball, he couldn't head the ball. You know, he, he generally was, you know, a, a nightmare for a coach because his coordination, his ability to, to, to basically um, understand the game was, was non-existent. But what Simon gave you was a lot of heart, a lot of energy. And when he come onto the pitch, yes, if you passed him the ball, you weren't, it's probably going to go somewhere, you know, even he didn't know where it's going to go. But if the other team had the ball, you can bet your bottom dollar that he was going to chase them. He was going to harry them. He was going to snap at their ankles. And even though he knew he was nowhere near being the best player, he still had that passion and desire to be a part of the team. If, if, if he couldn't help us technically, he damn sure was going to help us in, in regards to his work ethic and just and just making making us know that, guys, I might be to be able to help you in regards to when the ball comes to my feet, but I will help you when it comes to the ball going to the other team. And I remember being at school, and you know, you're trying to impress all the girls in in, in the field, or how many people I can take on. And he was the worst person to try and take on. Like I, he, he was just so he was so intent on trying to prove prove himself, you know, or prove me wrong, or prove the people around him wrong that he just kept snapping at your ankles. And he was a pain in the backside to, to, to play against, to be honest. And, you know, I've played against some really good players, but he was, I used to think, God, Simon, like, turn your, like, know your limits. But he didn't know. He, he, he just, that is, the, and that's the attitude, I think, if you're going to get involved in sport, by all means, if you've got the, the courage, you've got the work ethic, You've got the, um, you know, the ability to to sense that you're part of a, a collective unit. Mm. Then you, we, I, I welcome that hundred percent, and I I will always allow that. Um, to I will always allow the child, or I will always welcome the child in to a sports um setup if they have that attitude because he understands what's expected mm. of him, in terms of his of of his mentality. But to give you a negative and to, to to spin it around and give you an idea of what I don't expect, and this is the, the kind of the, the deluded part of, of, of this of the um of this message that keeps getting sent out, is that I used to run a, a sports club um back in the day and we made it quite intense. It was very competitive and part of the um the programme was that we would pick the best six kids at the end of each each term to represent the school at a big what we would call world championships. But yeah, it was the only thing of its kind in the world. We just called it world championships. But the club had progressed from when we first started running the club. Like any new business, you just want to please everyone and you want to keep everyone happy because um, you want to make as much money as you possibly can. But once our standards um, started going up, um, so did our expectations. But again, not technically, but in terms of how kids perceived the club and how they conducted themselves within the club. And one boy um, on one day, his name was Bradley. I don't know what it is about the name Bradley. I'm sorry to anyone at home who's got a kid's name Bradley but they always end up being kind of the naughty ones. Um, your kids are not called Bradley, are they?
1: No, goodness
0: oh, me. But, no, no. But, so we don't want to get in a <laughs> fight. 21 minutes in. <laughs>
1: You're but, fine, um, mate. Don't worry.
0: Bradley wanted to push people. He wanted to kick people. He wanted to muck around when it was his turn to um to to play um he didn't even wear his school uniform no he didn't wear his PE kit so he wore his school uniform so just that that showed a bit like you mentioned in in regards to the kid getting out of bed before the parents that showed his intent for the session so I kind of sat all the kids down one session and I said no I'm stopping this session early because I'm sick and tired of kids expecting a lot but doing nothing. I said, if you're going to basically turn up week in, week out, there's a minimum expectation for you to, to number one, get into your PE kit and number two, to put as much work and respect into what you're doing as everyone else. I don't expect you to be amazing, but I expect the, the basics to be done properly. If you can do that, you can continue to come to this club and you'll reap the benefits of what this club can offer you or sling your hook. Well, the, the club dispersed I didn't mention any names, but and the and the parent come in and, and started having a go at me and saying, Oh, Bradley's crying and and this, that, and the other. And um, yeah, it's a bit confrontational. Big argument is highly embarrassing. And I think I didn't realize this that two, three years afterwards, that a big social media campaign went went it went against the business and myself. But um all because um I I expected certain standards to be upheld. Mm. And that's the type of child for me, um, who who kind of doesn't belong within the sporting world because if they're not willing to do the bare minimum, which is kind of respect their environment, um, engage in their environment, and engage in the activity to, to the best of their ability, then I, I don't think there's a place for these these type of children. And Craig, you're you're involved in it as more than I am. Like, mm. how prevalent is this type of attitude within? Grassroots. Well, you're involved in football, so how prevalent is it within the grassroots game?
1: Well, it's it, it's it's evident everywhere. You can see you can see it everywhere, mate. You know, I think there's there's this this almost privileged, risk, 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 almost expectation of football should be, for me. You know, I, I'm 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 guaranteed football. I should be given football. There's this almost expectation that the coaches are there at their beck and will, and I, and I think. Um, there's a little bit lost in translation in 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 how football actually works. So I think what I'm going to do is just have a, have a little sort of give give a bit of information because I know people that be listening will be thinking, well, you know, from a coach's perspective, uh, you know, what how do we set how do we set this precedence without, like you yeah. say, you know, annoying people and and turning people away. I think it's raising your standards. You don't have. I mean, there, there's there's no there's no need. To be confrontational, there's no need to be um, sort of aggressive or angry. Because at the end of the day, if once, once you once you once you bring emotion into a situation, the facts of the situation disperse. So you just deal with facts. If a child doesn't want to do something, then you need to ask the question: Why? You know, is the environment not not right for them? It, are, are they are the activities enjoyable? And you know, is it technical technically challenging enough? Is it too challenging? So you, you need to you need to ask those those. That, Certain criteria when you, when you set a session up, if you answer questions in that in in that setup which which are all positive and the attitude still remains, I think then you need to have a conversation with the people that are bringing that child and is that environment right? I think ultimately what I, I I see children as as the byproduct of or especially their attitudes they by, the byproduct of their environment what yeah. their what, what their stand, what are their standards like or what are their expectations like before they come into into the sporting environment, you know, I always see I always see a massive change as soon as you add in, add enthusiasm and energy into a session, it changes children dramatically. And what I've also seen is is, is coaches not having that almost enthusiasm to pass across. You know, the, the mirror image of, of a coach to a child is, is is so dramatic, especially within sport. Children will mirror everything that they see and the experience. Yeah. That to me is absolutely guaranteed no matter what you do in life children are going to going to mirror whatever whatever they're seeing whatever whatever there's put in front of them so whatever whatever you're getting back is a direct result of, of their environment that, that they've come from so or the environment that they are used to so changing that is going to, is going to be is going to be put, going to be problematic but you've got to find the source you've got to raise your standards you've got to raise the energy once you've done those things and it's then that problem, or those problems still remain, I think you've got to start doing a process of elimination as to finding out why that child or, the, or those children are, are feeling the need to be dis- disruptive. You know, and it, it, normally what you find is it, it, it comes down to one of three things. It comes down to general uh, behavior of, that they that they are used to and get used to getting away with. Second of all, it's what they're being shown. By by the coaches or, or the like, I say the pictures they're being shown, the the enthusiasm that's coming back from the coach. The third is, they might just not like the sport that they're being asked to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm not being funny. If if you're if you're answering if you're asking those three questions and or if you're not asking those three questions, then you need to, need to have a serious think about why you why you're coaching to start with, because ultimately you're not going to affect any child unless you assess those three areas and find out exactly why that child is doing what it's doing. Because ultimately, most children that are enthusiastic have a genuine passion for what they're doing. And you can see that, like I said earlier, it's, you know, they jump out of bed first. They're the first people to get ready and change. They're the first people to want to do something. Naturally, yeah. they want to do something. They've got that natural buzz and enthusiasm and, and motivation. But if a child doesn't got that, it, it does come down to one of those three aspects. It really does. And it, and it, and it, really, it really does sort of pin, it, it becomes almost harrowingly obvious. What happens, Craig? Well what
0: happens then? I don't know if you've ever been in this situation. What happens if you a bit like that that lady I, I had a, a chat with mm. in regards to Bradley? What happens when you approach the parent? See, this is this is the thing that is is a, is murky waters because you are getting this narrative pushed, which is football for all yeah. or netball for all or whatever, um, sport for all. Um, so you 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 see that the, the, the child is unenthusiastic. Is 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 not playing their part within the, in the structure of, of of what the what the club have set out, or not playing their part in terms of helping the, the people around him, you know, have the most enjoyment. You speak to the parent, and the parent just doesn't want to know. You know what what happens then? You, can you so, for, can you forcibly
1: move these children out of the clubs, or do you just have to tolerate them? So see under under those circumstances, I generally think and I believe it's down to the, the the level of the coaching you're doing. If the message remains the same when they come on come into that environment, no matter what coach that they, they, they are, they have. I mean within so I'll give you a general, general sort of um example of the setup that we've got at TAME. So in any in any of the age groups, you've got up to four or five coaches and then a manager. And in that setup you'll have a rotation of players. So players will will experience different coaches different coaching yeah. philosophies different coaching mannerisms and enthusiasm levels will be up and down knowledge is one is one of the probably the the thing that's 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 alarmingly um identified and and, and things are put on so um in different countries the best coaches are put at the lower levels so your grassroots levels and, and things like that in this country and in most, you know, in especially in this country, in football, for instance, the coaches are the opposite way around. So you take your level one, your level two FA qualifications and you're then given children to develop. At the age of six to to 11. Now, I think that I'm not being funny. And again, you know, you scratch your head. I know there's not the money in grassroots football. I know the FA have got it completely the wrong way around. We'll come on to the organisations soon enough, mate, when we speak about it in more depth, because they're the ones that are really to to be held accountable for this. But. Um, from my perspective, the, the age when you put in level one coaches who are, who are just starting out on their coaching journey, haven't got the knowledge and understanding sometimes about how to structure sessions effectively to get the best out of children. So they're kind of, kind of, stop, start, stop, start. They're, they're, the enthusiasm levels aren't quite there because they're not 100% sure on how they should be delivering. This information to the children, and that's that's fair enough. You know, at the end of the day, you know, you know I don't think any grassroots coach will hold the hand up and say I'm a Pep Guardiola or a Josie Mourinho, for instance. But from my point of view, if you're not getting in the right level and they don't understand the the, the, the principles of what they're they're trying to deliver and, and and nail those basic techniques, the children aren't going to enjoy themselves because they're not learning anything. But is it they're is gonna...
0: there too is there too much emphasis on on the coaches to to kind of offer this? ready-made environment for these kids like you know I remember growing up and you know a bit of we I grew up in a very a very desirable council estate in High Wycombe um yeah very very lovely place to grow up in my early years and our enthusiasm was getting a piece of chalk chalk in the brick wall and literally no coach needed and the enthusiasm the passion we had for playing a game of Wembley um was was it's often yeah. off the scale. But why, why have we sunk into this environment where poor little Timmy or poor little Annie, the reason why they're not enthusiastic and the reason why they're doing paper, rock, scissors and snow angels and is because the coach is not you know kind of inspiring enough. Why do we need coaches to, if anything, at, at, the, at a young age... Shouldn't we be trying to calm these little puppy
1: dogs down because their their enthusiasm is 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 often off the Richter scale. A hundred percent. I mean you know what? You've just you've just ma- hit a massive, massive point there. To be fair, I think that you, you look around every every school playing ground, every school yard, every pl- break time, lunchtime, you can see the, the that that willingness to want to beat your, your your mate in in the class and you can see the teams are made up, jump jumpers for goalposts, things yeah. like that where where everything is just so organically natural and then yeah. you get the natural enthusiasm. I think once, once, once you put some, but something, a, a structure in place and a, and like I say, well, I'll be very careful on this podcast talking about structures in place and rules and regulations to follow. But I'll say this, that based on what we, what we're going through and currently going through, we're all have this nervousness to, 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 suggest that we are, we, we have to follow a narrative you know, follow yeah. a certain way of doing something. And I think that's what that's that that's the biggest yeah. one we've got. You know, when I when I sort of when I coach the to get the, the I do throw a, so much enthusiasm into my coaching because I'm not a I know I know what type of sessions I'd want to have. And, and this and this is the thing, right? You know, I'd, I'd I'd want to I'd want to take part in the sessions that I deliver because that's that's the way I look at it. Would I want to do what I'm asking these kids to do? Kids to do if I could still be able to do it. That's of course, but if (laughs) I would, would would I want to do it? You know, if would I want to constantly do passing and and moving and try and try and create angles to receive and get my body shape right? Of course I would. You know, I I I was doing it for years and years and years. Would I want to try and play within a three versus two overload? Craig, but but, Craig, sorry to
0: interrupt you, but this is the this is the problem. Like I never once now the coaches I had at a, a, a Sunday league level. You know, they would. You know, the guy worked at Mars Bar. You know, and the host, brother. you know, and the his his brother worked, I think, at Mars. And these guys had no real experience. But do you know what? I'd run through a brick wall for him. Because so why? So
1: why then? You tell me why then?
0: And and do you know what? The majority of the team would. Run. I'm, not, I'm I'm not trying to be this old. Oh, I'm. I'm. You know, I'm. I'm now 34, and it was you know the good old the good old times back then, but. I think for me, it's like when I when I analysed that team. So we, had, we were back then, even at a young age, eight, nine years old. You were playing eleven a side, and mm-hmm. you you were doing the same. Um, so you had a team of fourteen, fifteen kids, and not one of them clowned around. Not you know, had some naughty ones, you know, some some kids, you know, get a bit bit mouthy and stuff. But at least they had the, a bit of energy in them. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I never I never walked away from a session thinking. Oh, he didn't. He didn't. You know that session wasn't inspiring enough for me, or that that session didn't have enough energy for me. Because my enthusiasm to want to play the game, and and and, and my teammates' enthusiasm mm-hmm. to, to play, and always made the session what it was.
1: But I will say this though, under those circumstances, it, it wasn't as saturated as what it is now. So you had players that wanted to play. There were in that team you played in. I don't think there was there was no disparity between the players that wanted to play and didn't want to play. That to is me, that, there, yeah. there, 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 there were no players in your team that didn't choose to play football and didn't choose to to play in that team. I, I, I said, give you another example. I, I think num- the numbers game is ruining. Is, is this is this, this the problem?
0: Game. Is this the problem? Like the, the the driving of this narrative is just oh, yeah. Open yeah. up the floodgates. For every Tom, Dick, and Harry to to rock up.
1: Okay, and... I'll give you I'll give you another statistic, right? And this is something that I know. So up and down the country, you have these development centres, don't you? Yeah. Right? So you have the Tottenham, Chelsea's, Arsenal's, Man United, Man City's, all these types of things, and they're in the community. So you get scouts turning up to games uh, willy nilly. They'll 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 be they'll wear the track suit. They'll they'll have a name tag. They'll be oh yeah I'm from Tottenham Hotspur I'm from Arsenal Football Club I'm from Bournemouth or where, where, wherever it might be. So all of a sudden, the eyes start popping out of the head. Oh my goodness me! He's wearing he's wearing a Spurs tracksuit. By the way, sixty nine ninety nine from from Sports Direct. If anyone's interested. <laughs> but to, to, be, to, 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 to be honest with you, I, I I look at it and I think joke because because only because I look at it and think how can you understand and know, and know that. A seven, eight, nine, ten-year-old is gonna be that type of player when they get to 14, 15, and 16. Yeah. You've got no chance, you've got zero chance. And again, another example, I didn't start playing until I was 12. And I made it into into the Premier League when I by the time I was 16, 17. So yeah. so understanding where that narrative comes from, I don't know. I don't know who decided it. Well, I've got a very good idea who what how how it was decided. But when 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 did people decide that you can pick pick a player at the age of seven, eight, nine? So, what 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 their what their job is is to basically fill their 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 state their their development centers for six to eight weeks, and then after six to eight weeks, come up with some type of excuse to send them back to their clubs. Yeah. Once that they, once they've got those kids in through the door and they've given them six to eight weeks, they might have one kid, you know, out of. Out of a thousand, that they say, "Oh yeah, we'll send you for extra training in the proper academy," in inverted commas. But they ultimately they're sending all these kids back to their clubs with their tails between their legs. So I'm, I don't know about you, Rich, but if I, you know, I've got I've got a seven year old and a nine year old, you know, and I'm looking at those two thinking, you know, one of, one of them actually experienced it not long ago, where he spent six to eight weeks at an unnamed Premier League development centre. And then was told that he's not quite ready to go back to his football club. Now, obviously, he's a little bit he quite level-headed for it for it for his age. But imagine what that that would have done to somebody who was suffering with with that those com. All of a sudden, he's been given that massive bolt,
0: yeah.
1: saying, oh, "Oh, yeah, you're great, you're, you're you're amazing. We're going to talk to your mom and dad every week. We're going to give you you know the sun shines out your backside for eight weeks. And all of a sudden, no, nah, see you later. Back to your club." It's all money. Yeah. It's it's money. It's based. It's based around in, ensuring they get grants to keep these centres open, and it's based on volume. It's not. Well, yeah, based- so,
0: yeah. So yeah. So, so what you're trying to say is so back. So back when I was playing football back in the nineties. Um. Mm. Uh, well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Night. I mean. Yeah. God. 1994, <laughs> Um. Yeah. So 1994, 1995. Tr- so basically what we're seeing is a, a generation, of, a bit of a deluded generation where. They're rocking up to these, to say these local, local clubs and teams.
1: I wouldn't just... say they're deluded. I wouldn't say they're deluded. Huh? I, think, I think what, what the, the, the problem that that these. But the, the expectation, that, like yeah, 14, parents...
0: 15 of us back in the day, we didn't, you know, we, we understood, like kind of socially knew the expectations upon us. But do, do, do,
1: why, do, do, how have we do, do, sunk do, into this? I don't know. I, that's what do, 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 really drives me crazy. Do you know the stats for, for kids that actually make it? as um as professional footballer. Somebody went through the stats of me the other day and it turns out that it, it works out as not point one or not point naught naught one percent of any child that decides they want to be a professional footballer actually make it to become a professional footballer based on the volume of children in the in the UK and then actually make it into the night one of the ninety-two clubs that so are in do you do,
0: do you think the the influx of x amount of kids into these football clubs is because parents are being sold a dream that is just not real?
1: Whether well, they're being sold a dream that is unrealistic. It's not. It's not that it's not real. It's oh, unrealistic. Yeah.
0: <laughs> kids out there, if you're listening,
1: <laughs> <laughs> careful, I'm man. not being
0: ju- I'm not a dream killer. <laughs> it is real for 0.00. Oh, okay. not, not, but you know, we we we're kind of. Moving a little bit away from a from our, you know, we're we're getting onto the high high end stuff here, yeah, but... But,
1: but but also think that's what affects the low end rich. So for yeah, me, yeah, true, true. I, I look at this and look at the bigger picture. So again, taking emotion out the out the equation. If you were to look at the facts, you need to be brutally honest and say to a child that comes to football on a Saturday morning, if you're not going to come and give me an hour's worth of full attention, please don't come.
0: Right, because, that, that moves because... us on. Well, that moves us on perfectly. So, Craig, minimum expectations. So more, for, yeah, okay. For so someone my... attending a a grassroots setup in any sport, what are these? So, if there are any coach out there who's thinking, you know, what, you know, what, what is the minimum expectation I can place upon anyone coming to this club? Like, it doesn't matter who they are, there has to be a minimum expectation, and they just lost. In how to
1: set these expectations, what would you say are the minimum expectations? So my my minimum expectations is is an hour of attention, That's the first one, an hour of attention. whatever long your session is. When when you go to that training and you and you step onto that onto that training pitch, an hour you have to be giving that coach a hundred percent of your time because that coach is going to be giving a hundred percent of his time. So I don't care if it's if it's the hardest thing you're going to do, or the hardest thing that that's, that's perceivable to do, attention is everything. So basically, you are you are listening to that coach for for an hour, and doing and trying to do what that coach is asking you to do for an hour. You're not like flicking somebody's ear. You're not like kneeling behind somebody and pushing them over, pushing them over, and somebody else is pushing them over. You know that that there's none of that. It's basically you go there, you learn, you're you're learning how to how to take part in in a team activity. And within that team activity, if you look at the criteria for team, it's working with each other and giving each other the respect that they deserve. So that to me is number one. Number two is you go there with an attitude to to, to work or to play or to or or, or, or to work to To learn play to learn. That to me, like again, it, it should it should be a given, and I'm I'm very aware that my expectations and my standards are not going to be everybody's standards. But I think under under the circumstances, if you if you ask a child, can 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 you be involved? Can you can you stay attentive? Can you work hard? Can you can you go there with a, a good work ethic? If they're answering the question saying yeah, but yeah, but then maybe that's not the right environment for them. Maybe they need to do half an hour or something or fifteen minutes and build it up. For me, an hour if they can't do an hour, then they shouldn't really be there. Because what ultimately what happens in that session is for five to ten minutes, maybe fifteen minutes of that session, that coach is focusing on one child that's being an idiot. Yeah. And and I hate to use the word idiot, but when you when you're affecting thirty to forty other children's development, then that's really selfish. And when yeah, well, you look at yeah. being selfish, it's like it's all about me. You know, and I'm not again. I, I look at it from what I, from what I witness. at Other not just not just at Tame, but other clubs as well. When you go around, you th- look you think that kid has now affected twenty other children's development. Do they really know that? Are they really aware yeah. that that is what they're doing? Because at the end of the day, they might not even be aware they're doing it. Oh, it's really, and 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 then that comes down to acceptance from the coach and the parents.
0: Yeah, that, or, well, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, so how easy is it? Because again, I, I predominantly work now in the um, sports events industry. So my, my days of talking to parents and as I got to the back end of that previous business, I actually stopped talking to parents because it become a waste of time um, because it doesn't matter what you said. It was either the other kid's fault or, you know, I must have, I, I was obviously the next Adolf Hitler. Um, you know, <laughs> I, was, I was that bad of, of a person for even daring to say that, they, the, you know, their child wasn't engaging in the activity they were doing. So there's two points you mentioned there, which I think need to be talked about. So you've got a child, just say you've got a child rocking up for a football for all, basketball for all, um, rugby for all session. You know, everyone's welcome. Everyone has the right to play sport and no one has the right to tell them they can't. Right? Right. But the child is unenthusiastic. He's he's prattling around. Um. He's, you know, he's not listening and he's kind of bringing bringing down the um the experience for that for everyone else around them two questions how easy is it to have that conversation with a parent well f- actually three questions how easy, easy is it to have that conversation with a parent how often do parents actually see it and do something about it because i remember my daughter used to do swimming and she was ahead of a good swimmer before this covid stuff kicked off and i, I pulled her out um basically i remember i used to watch her stand there and she used to be you know i'm i a bit of a i'm a bit hardcore when it comes to strictness so i always say to her if you go somewhere you, you listen you know that you know don't you know one of those old school things that me type of thing yeah yeah um, sienna would be she's like she's one of those kids you can wind her up like a spring and she'd just she'd just play play her role very well and she'd be attentive and she'd be fully focused and my wife would mention it as well and she say i've just got back from swimming and i know again i'm not even blaming the coaches because the coach can't can't micromanage 20 30 year kids but i remember mm. in swimming Senna's standing there she's focused she's she's got she's got the uh, you know the you know the desire to to want to learn and these two kids or three or four kids are pushing shoving each other as they're swimming down the lanes you know they they they're purposely putting people's legs as they're going through the pool. And I used to sit there and I used to grit my teeth and I've, I used to get shakes in the end. Because for mm. me, it's like, so, you know, what, how would, you know, can, can a parent not see this? Why would a parent want to watch their child, you know, be fully engaged in an the activity they're doing? And that leads me on to the next question. Um, and kind of allow other people to suffer around them. And that's the bit that drains on me more than anything is that like, for instance, your son's playing at the weekend. He's, he's doing everything he can to not only help his team, but to, to, you know, give himself that self-fulfillment he needs while he's playing football. You know, potentially you might have the old Spurs tracksuit guys there. And he, you know, he wants to, he wants to impress. He wants to show them what he can do, but you've got a kid on the team. Who's, who's, who's not interested. He's not focused. He's not there for the right reasons. He's just been thrown in there. You as a club can't get rid of this kid because of the reasons, um, you know, sport for all or football for all. And it's kind of like, how is that acceptable? Like, how would, has your, does your son ever, like, say to you, Dad, like, I can't believe I've got, you know, because of these rules, I've got to play with these type, type of kids. How, what does that do for their mentality? Why are we not thinking about these kids? So and their enjoyment...
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's two parts to the answer I'm going to give. First one is, um, so the the big the biggest problem you have is is when the coaches are split between their age groups. They generally take their children with them for the teams they're in, and nine times out of ten, the coaches' children have got a bit about them, you know, so they can play or they're they're at a decent standard. So the split, for instance, in age groups is ten, it tends to be across the board. So you get some good players playing, playing with some development players and, you know, then the next team's the same and the next team's the same. And the next team's the same. Um, at, at certain, at certain stage they have to split. So the, the philosophy at TAME is to have a team that's in the top league, for instance, um, all the way through the club from the age of under nines or tens or up to under 16. So that when they get to sixteens, technically they can have a strong squad that goes into the under 18s and into adult football. So, from my perspective, the first answer I'm going to give is that it's the hardest decision to say to a coach, right, you either got to give us your kid to go into the top group and you stay with the development group or you keep you keep your kid with you and effect, effectively put a weaker player into that other group to, to take his place. Um, so while I look at that and I think, right, if I had the choice, and this is just me speaking, if I had the choice, and I, and I would and I would make this choice because ultimately it's not about me. Yes, at the end of the day, you know, I would love my nothing more than my children to be happy and successful. So the first word is happy. If, first of all, I look and I go, right, is my child happy? If they're happy, then I've got no problems. I'm not going to try and say that you should be doing this, should be doing that. If they're happy, they're happy. If they're not successful, and there's a way to make that happen, then that's the next thing I'll be. I'll, I'll be challenging. So under the circumstances, like you just said there, if Harley or or Archie were in in a situation. Where they were playing, and somebody's clearly not in not in the right position or, or to, to play, or not in the right mental or capacity to play. The first thing I'll be saying is, has the coach listened to the philosophy of the club? Has the coach guaranteed that that team is successful? If that hasn't happened, then I would be then be challenging the philosophy of that team based on how it's set up. That's the first question. Second question is, if we are going to start to look at those types of disparities, I would I would let Harley go. And go and play in the at the right level, making sure that I'm at the right level. If I was the coach to coach the team that I was given, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would not affect my son's development based on my own wishes and desires. Jesus, I mean, not being funny. That to me is probably one of the biggest cardinal mistakes that's made across the board. I want to see my son play, so he's going to stay with me. I want How, to. Yeah. No, 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 no. You've listened. Listen to the point. I want to see my son play. So I'm going to stop him from doing what he wants to do. Listen to the phrase. It, it, I'm not being funny, Rich. It's one of the, it, 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 that to me is the most hurtful thing you could do to a child, especially when you're developing a child, is to look after your own wishes before your child's development. Yeah. So that, that to me is one of the biggest issues we face when it's, when it's sport for all. I'll go right back to the beginning when I said, who's jumping out of bed first. Who's jumping out of bed first because ultimately if 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 you're going to put yourself in front of your child and say you're going to do what I tell you to do not what you want to do and that message is universal that child will never ever amount to anything because he'll be basing his whole life on his on his, on his parents' decisions not his own or her own and when that mm. happens I don't care what level you're at you never you, 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 there's never going to be a situation where 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 their successful will, o- will override that selfish decision based on on the, on, on a decision of that parent. And, and that, you,
0: that's right. That, yeah, go on. Well, I'm saying in regards to the parent. So the parent who's seeing seeing this unfold, you know, they're seeing this that their child yeah. bringing down the um, the level um, and the experience for everyone else. What? Why are they not saying nothing? Why are they not personally pulling them out and saying this isn't for you?
1: So, so I go back to those three things. You're looking at standards, standards. So, not everyone has got these standards, Rich. So, you, your standards are ridiculously high for your children. So, you'll see them in that environment, and you'll identify those standards. Not everyone, not everyone works to the similar types of standards. That then comes that that then falls on the coach's shoulders. If that child hasn't got the correct standards based on the 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 parents' expectations. Then that child needs to be put with people where that's a development stage where they're not going to affect players that want to do the right thing. So the decision's quite easy; it's very black and white. I don't see yeah. that as I don't see that as 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 uh, an issue. What I see as the issue is the lack of decision to do that and keep that person in that position. Almost, it's almost like um, that, that phrase. You know, you, you put a, you put a moldy apple in a bowl; it will eventually create the mold throughout the, all of those apples so one out one moldy apple will, will will always affect the rest of the bunch it will always yeah. affect yeah everyone. that's a good. good way you know, of putting it so for me i like i say if you've got something that's not working or something that's that's not in the right sort of bracket or 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 basket as i'd like to say say basket i'm, I'm northern you know that t- for me it it you take you remove you remove that but you don't remove it and you discard it, you remove it and put it into a situation that they are suitable to. You know, I don't care what ability they've got, if their attitude isn't right, they're not right. Is they're it easy to have
0: that us. conversation in 2021 with a parent to say their kid hasn't got the right attitude? Is it an easy conversation to have? I don't know, I don't know. is it if, if, if you go to tame at the weekend and you 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 pinpoint um, a child who isn't who completely goes against and is you know the philosophy of the club and is not working hard and is completely disregarding everything you stand for. How easy is it to approach parents parent in 2021? Because I gave up. I gave up my coaching, my other coaching business 2019. One, mm-hmm. because it wasn't making as much money as I wanted, but two, I couldn't have those conversations anymore. I couldn't help develop children no more, whether it didn't, didn't matter how good or bad they were. Because mm. I couldn't have those conversations with parents, it was just think, it
1: was just you, talking you, yeah. to a,
0: a, a brick wall. And and why? And this is something. Why? Why has society got to a point? Again, from my own experience, I got to a point where you just couldn't be honest no more. And everyone everyone was kind of creating this um this this kind of an, an illusion around the child, like bad, like it it wasn't happening. It, it can't be happening. Yeah, I think so, so. Is is it an easy conversation to still have, to to approach a parent, or do you kind of just kind of like you know I I'd rather not type of thing?
1: Well, no, I, I um, I'll give I'll give you examples. I, I don't mind having conversations with parents. I don't mind having conversations with coaches. I don't mind having conversations with people who are who who are involved within. You know, whether they're parent or guardians or whatever it might be. If someone was specifically, if 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 I was, if I was the manager or the coach of a team, and I'll, again, I'll give you the biggest example, Archie as a, as a tendency, my youngest, because I run the under seven, an under seven team at the time. Archie has a wonderful way of making the situation embarrassing for himself by by coming back at me when I have to have to treat him equal to all the other children. So he doesn't see the, the distinction between being a parent and a coach in that coaching situation. Whereas yeah. I, I, whereas I focus on ensuring that that happens. So ultimately I can, I, I, I can, I can see why it happens. I can see why children misbehave. I can see why children feel that feel that they can mess around and, and play up in certain scenarios. The difference, the difference with it is, is, is consistency of, of sanctions. Now, you're saying to me in terms of 2021, can we do this? Can we do that? There's there, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed whatsoever. It's a perception and a perceived situation that we're in. If, if, yeah. if, if, for instance, I'm telling you now, 99.9 percent of parents, if their kids messing about, would say to me, "Well, you give him a damn good bollocking if he needs one. You give him one. You know, yeah. you make sure, make sure that he's he's not he's not do, he's doing what he should be doing." Whereas that fear, I mean, again, I use this word fear. We live, we live in such a feared society where we feel the right thing to do. We don't do so; we do the wrong thing instead.
0: <laughs> I, mean, makes I mean, things I mean, ten times makes worse. makes
1: things ten times worse. Yeah. So, so I, my, my 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 philosophy and my advice would always be: don't fear the outcome. Don't fear the outcome because the outcome itself is 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 a, is a resolution and and, and and a goal. Don't fear that. Get you know, most for most situations to, to get to to get past something, you've got to go through it. Okay. Yeah. So you've got to experience everything that happens. So if a situation arises to fix it, you've got to go through it. You can't go round it. You can't go over it. You can't go under it. Cause once you start doing that, you start creating an alternate alternate situation that doesn't even exist by saying to somebody, Oh, he's okay. He, you know, he doesn't normally do that. No, he does do that. And he always does it. He's not going to stop. So we need to sort it out. Your, your responsibility is to give him that information. If you do, if you don't give him that information, and he comes to my session and he messes about this is what's going to happen to him but make but make that make that known makes make it known what the sanction is you know he will be treated the same as everyone else if he if he participates gives 100% he's going to get everything out of this session if he doesn't this is what will happen we'll sit him out or he'll be asked to come and stand with you or he may be even be asked to leave the session these these types of things are feared because we fear the backlash of, of what we may be perceived as doing. Which and I is think social media
0: don't help. Social it media does not help. It,
1: it doesn't, mate. But you know what? Social media is is there. Yes, we have to we use it to our advantage. It's there to to help us in terms of when we organise things. Yes, it's a it's a it's a nuisance and a pain in the backside. But it's here. It's there. We've got to accept it. I I always I, I I like to I like to talk to people. I'm am a face to face conversation and communication kind of guy. If there's a problem, I'll tell you. If there's no problems, we'll get on with it. You know, I'm enthusiastic, and the way I do things is from from A to B. I can see a very clear road from A to B. If you put a chair in the way, I'll go around that chair to get to to B. I I, I won't I won't I won't stop at the chair. It's, it won't stop me. I'll get round that chair. But but, but the, the 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 problems that people face is they fear that chair, they fear the block, they fear it. They look at it and think, oh, I can't do anything now. How do I, how am I supposed to get there now?
0: Okay, so what happens to a uh, uh, someone at Tame who says to a child, look, you're not blah blah blah. You need to take him out. He's not suited. He's he's not an, he's not for sport. You need to find something else. And that parent goes to the local FA and says, you know, you're encouraging kids to play sport. But Tane United, I've just, I've just basically kicked my kid out because they, you know, because he, he's not, because they would probably spin it, he's not as good as they want them to be. What, what, what sanctions or what penalty, pe- penalty? I can't, I can't talk. Penalties, <laughs> penalties. What can they be? Can anything be placed upon the club? Can anything bad happen from a local? I, so, so, so,
1: so, for, so from my point of view, I don't think the need to kick people out of out of active sport is necessary I don't think there is I just think there needs to be a, a severe assessment as to why that child is at, is, is is taking part if, if they're not doing as, as well as you think they should be but also looking at looking at the elements that make it up I think I think there's a, a lack of, there's a severe there's a severe lack of, in, of of impetus to to find information out there's laziness that, that, that comes in I'll we'll, we'll, I'll deal with that Next week, I will deal with that tomorrow we'll deal with that we'll deal you know there's always this i oh, we'll, we'll see if he gets better next week Well, we, we, yeah we'll, we'll put this one to bed we'll we'll draw a line underneath him we'll draw a line in the sand. there's always the next time next time next time no one really no one really wants to have that 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 horrible conversation where you know what sorry, Mrs. Peterson, but Billy's been a bit of a one of them today. This is the second time this has happened. I think if it happens again, he may need to stay away for a week or two just to assess his, his attitude. Now uh, what, what t- could be the comeback if that parent... nothing, nothing, nothing. Because ultimately you've given that child three 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 chances to, to behave. If if you're doing your job properly as a coach and, and a facilitator of, of, of sporting activities and you're making it inclusive, then this is the this is this is this is the point of disparity because of the lower level coaches. Inclusive sessions means that and this is and again this may may be known, it may not be known, and you you know you can help me in the netballing world and, and other sports, but if, if if children are still for more than a minute or two in any session, that that to me is not acceptable. So if, if they let's say, say for instance they're doing drills where they have to stand still, I don't I think children should be on the move all the time or given the opportunity to be on the move all the time with regular breaks, obviously, like water breaks, but on the move all the time, they should have regular touches of the football, regu- regular involvement in 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 sort of build up play and, and how to play within certain teams and, and situations. So under those circumstances, if those if that criteria is met and that child still is 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 flicking ears and and, and doing snow angels or doing things like that, then you, the questions need to be asked. Can you tell me why why he why you bring him each week? Because what we're getting is not what I what I expect, or the club expects in terms of participation and the energy levels we're looking at. Once you start asking those questions, you then open potentially a kind of wound. But what you will get to is the real root of the problem. Yeah. Ultimately, that that one apple that's bad, it's it, it it will never get better. It will never all of a sudden sprout sprout a new um, uh, sort of new you know won't sprout a new apple and build it and grow a new fresh apple that won't affect the rest of them it it will stay moldy unless it's dealt with so So, the only way you're
0: you're saying that 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 conversation is an easy conversation to have it is it it,
1: it is as it sounds now as we're talking but i i I do get it you know having a conversation with a parent to say your child's been naughty and he's running out of chances to continue the, the participation is tough but you look, you've look you got to take, take yourself out of the equation and look at 40 kids' participation. That yeah. one child affecting 40 children is not acceptable. It's not acceptable. In, in, in any way, shape or form, that is not acceptable. That's, under, that's 40 kids per week that are going to be affected by one of possibly two children's poor or bad attitude and behaviour. Well for, anyone
0: listen, well, for anyone listening, I've got a really funny story to tell them. Me and my, me and my brother um, used to do these uh, half-term competitions. Everything we did was competition. I still do it now. I just love competition. But uh, I-, I told you this before, Craig. And uh, we had this, um, again, we had the majority of the group used to turn up and they used to be focused on winning the trophy and, and doing their best. And because they wanted to build, their, obviously, their, their trophies up and their legacy up within the club. And we used to do, like give away cash to win prizes, so there was a lot of incentives there. And um, yeah, a couple, a, a boy turned up once to one of the, one of these competitions, and they used to be intense. the kids used to work so hard. They used to go outside and do doggy runs, and oh, it was then come back inside and do some like do stuff via the activity we're doing, and then we'd finish off with planking. It was just it, it was just nuts. It was like a, a military run um organization but then there's one boy in particular one time where it doesn't matter what we said what we did he just wasn't having it he did you know the the urge to pick up a bench or pick up a chair or do something he shouldn't be doing was just too great anyway unbelievably he wins the competition so he's he's you know uh, uh, you know you can't be that heartless and you can't you know we give out the trophies and His name was Lucas, and he's like, here you go, Lucas, here's your trophy, with with gritted teeth. And it's kind of one of those, for me, it was one of those ones where it's kind of like, well, well, now once he goes, let's hope he he never comes back sort of thing. But I remember my brother, he he, he took the mum to the side, and he said to her, he goes, "Um, just to let you know, that trophy he's won, he doesn't deserve it. Um, He can keep it, but I just want to let you know, he doesn't deserve it. Because he's been doing X, Y, and Z for the last two days, right? And and she and she kind of she she took it on the chin and 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 I, you know she she kind of left quite quickly. But I just thought that was a very brave thing for James to do because uh, he's got the trophy in his hand. I don't know yeah. whether he, they, they should have had that conversation beforehand, but it was just kind of like he doesn't deserve it. So you know you can you can you can you can kind of. Um, do what you do what you want with the trophy, and, and and go home and celebrate as much as you want. But just need to let you know, he doesn't deserve it. And it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of like, whoa, like if that's not a you know a, a a tough a tough thing to hear from a parent's point of view, I don't know what is. But I don't know, maybe maybe we have to be a bit tougher. Maybe we've lost that that edge and that and that toughness that that we once had. Ten. 20 years ago just because like you like you said you know because of social media because of because of of doing the right thing um which can seem tough could actually you know you're benefiting that child 10 times more but for some reason we've i think as a society and as as adults we're getting softer we're getting more weak well we' we're,
1: we're, we're, we're worried about political correctness, so everything's down to inclusion now, isn't it? So everything has to be inclusive and making sure that everybody has the opportunity to experience what what what's on offer. So I, so i'm I'm looking at that thinking, okay, so we're now taking part of pretty much the low end to middle. So what about the top end? So the top end ultimately now is like, well, no, you can't, you, you can't go into competitive situations, you can't go into competition because what happens if you lose? So I'm, I'm now, I'm now thinking. Okay, oh, you're going on to what, another topic there, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to breach it a little bit based on the fact that if you want people to take part and you want people to be involved in sport, then you have to be honest. You have to be honest on. What 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 they, they what what's what are they actually getting themselves involved in? What are the expectations? What are the, what is the bottom line of what you're doing? Because I don't think most kids that turn up know what what the hell they're doing, there. What the hell they're up to? You know whether they're you know taking part in 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 a technical session, a, a skill session, a game related session. They don't got they haven't got the 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 foggiest clue. That's that's oh. why they and that's why they mess about. Because OK, then, so 500
0: you... kids turn up to your training session yeah. over the weekend. What percentage of those kids are, are turning up and they are just ready for a challenge? They are ready for any session that gets thrown at them. And they ain't I... going to squabble and they ain't going to moan about it. They're just going to crack on with it.
1: I, I, I think, I think you, you, it's split. I think it's absolutely split. Down the middle. I think 50-50, 50% of That's kids, worrying, that turn mate. Yeah. But it, but it, but you know what? I would probably say there's 25% that need that kick up the backside to get them going. Yeah. Right? So they turn up and they're like, oh, you know, they've got the hands in the pockets and they, they their shoulders are a bit bit, you know, they they have got that turtle turtle head where their head's disappearing and they've got no neck and they're really cold <laughs> and like oh, you, know, oh, you know, yeah, and, and then and then you've then you've got twenty five percent of kids who are there and are and are literally you know, you've seen everyone seen that YouTube video where the dad pushes the kid in the goal. Oh, that's
0: quality, quality. You know,
1: you know, and I think twenty five percent of kids are just like that. They're like standing there, almost not knowing, not knowing what what's going on. They got almost like the dad pushing them, pushing them in, and going, "Come on, come on, we're doing it." All right, you know, it's like oh, 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 all right and. And then they, yeah. they 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 try to control the ball and it goes under the foot and then the coach spends five minutes talking to them, trying to big them back up going oh don't worry about it next time next time and all of a sudden th- three rotations of play have already happened and the coach is just still focusing on getting matey off the floor who's done thirty five <laughs> rolls and and I'm and I'm th- then th- th- that's that's your split and I, and I'm like well fifty percent you look at the end of the day fifty percent is is okay because fifty percent actually want to have a go twenty five percent that, that get going. So you're 75% of your session is okay. It's yeah. that twenty it's that twenty-five percent where that that's that's the worry. I think twenty-five percent of people are genuinely in a position now where I'm thinking do you really see yourself continuing this after two or three years of being forced to do it? Yeah. Um and unfortunately, you know, based based on on how much it costs to put and run these 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 teams and run these organizations. It is volume over everything. It is volume over everything. Every club you're trying to write, we need we need more players. We need more players. We need more players for what? To to ensure that that 50 have got a good game each week.
0: Well, so, that, yeah, that, that is that again. That is an interesting point because um, that. On my next point was uh, I think is it safe. Like yeah, we're, we're, um, we're, yeah, we're getting plastered with this. Stay safe all the time, but let's let's talk about something more tangible um, that you can be measured in real time. Is these uh, uh, a quick story? I remember speaking to a, someone in, with, involved in rugby a few years back, and their child was wanting to get as far up in rugby as possible. But in rugby, they've got this policy where it's got to be measured teams, where you've got to have some good, some bad, some yeah. good, yeah. some bad. And um basically to cut a long story short, the one of the kids um who was in this good bad type of team um was airlifted to hospital because um just wasn't in the right environment. So he's got wow. pounded and it's kind of like, Wow, you know <laughs> what the hell what are we doing? You know, yeah. to, 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 to to make kids feel that they're part of something, but we're putting their safety at jeopardy. Yeah. To, I mean to, to basically it, run with a narrative that you know, it's going to get blown to pieces by the time they get to twelve or thirteen.
1: Well, you know? I know, mate. You, you you say that. I mean, like I say that. That's one. That's one example of rugby. I mean, that that's horrendous, mate. Let's be honest, that's horrendous. Where you're putting a child's safety in in you know, and I mean, I'll <laughs> i tell you a story. When I was younger, you know, I I used to love playing against weaker teams, only because not 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 weaker teams, but you you, you finding out where the weak links are in teams. Yeah, just just because you you tactically, you know, you, you would you would then saturate attacks based on the one that, that that was that was the weakest or the one that had the, you know, had the poor touch or couldn't run, who was, you know, or couldn't head it, couldn't you know all these all these things where you you kind of as players you kind of go right that that's where we need to be focusing on. I don't think players do that. Specific, particularly now at grassroots level, where they try and identify themselves, coaches tend to do that for them, which is a bit of you know another thing where I think it's 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 not great where where the player isn't being given that that sort of chance to do it themselves. But I but I I, I used to go hell bent and I used to ruin players just and I used to, I used to be I used to switch if I was a wing because I used to play on the wing. Um, so if I was playing right wing and the right back was weak, I, I would change wings. I would, I would force myself on the other side because I knew that I was going to get a lot, of, a lot of good play um, and, and success. And I was quite quick when I was younger, so that used to be quite an easy thing to do. Or if the centre half are weak, I, as a right winger, I'd be shoved up front to run the to run the centre halves down. So it was always um, identifying those weaknesses. But I think when you when you are Consciously doing that as a, as a, trying to mix those players with good players with bad players, you're sending a message. Not bad players, crikey, development players. You know, you're sending a message that those players, when they get to a certain age, they know, they know what who's good and who isn't. So those players are going to be affected based on they're not going to get touches of the ball. You know, player's going to gonna control the ball. You know, he t- he'll turn. He'll have two options. He'll see a player that can't control it, that is, that, that's, that's been put in, in the team that he's in, or his mate who's got a fantastic touch that will potentially give him the ball back. Who's he going to pick? Who's yeah. gonna, who's going to pick to cry pass the ball to? I'm not being, I'm not being funny. That, that is the, the fundamental basic issues I've got with mixing and matching players. And, that, and in terms of safety, you know, the same thing happens. If you've got a player that, that has got no awareness of anything around him, and he and he and he doesn't know how to protect himself when he's controlling the ball, and he a ball gets rolled into him. mate boy comes in behind, whap, takes him out yeah. completely, and then leaves him on the floor. And all of a sudden, then you're starting. Oh, all because to...
0: it's sport. All because it's football for all.
1: Yeah. All because <laughs> because this 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 narrative is let's get everybody into sport. Let's provide as much as we can. Doesn't matter what's going on what what type of you know football. It's been delivered, but let's get as many kids as we can on those parks playing. Is
0: it a money thing?
1: Uh, well, let 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 us let's let's um let's answer that question logically, shall we? So it costs a lot of money to run um to run football teams, right? It take it costs a lot of money to run teams. So the the uh, the idea would be is to is to have as many um, football teams as you can to it to increase the revenue as much as you can to keep football clubs. uh, going so for so from that perspective yes it's a money spinner the more kids you've got coming through the door the more the more uh, subscriptions you can you can charge the more footfall you've got on on site where you can sell sort of refreshments and things like that so it's generally based on on footfall and numbers
0: so we're kind of diluting the experience of playing sport for the sake of a pound a pound sign in our bank account because i remember being involved in a I'm not saying this for everyone, by the way, but I remember, but I think from, if we did not from a grassroots level, I'm not suggesting that. I think from the, from the, from the governing bodies perspective, mm. um, involved in these, I remember being involved in the, um, I got I don't know how I did it, but I got involved in the sport media and culture department. And I went to Westminster one day, you know, thinking that I was going to get some big uh, um, investment into the business I was running. And um, if nothing come of it, But um, I remember speaking to the guy there and he was quite high up within the sport, media and culture department of the government. And government officials are normally really, really robotic and you don't get nothing out of them. They're like a dry sponge. It's really tough to try and get a bit of personality out of them. But this one guy in particular, he kind of debunked that because he was quite open. Um, some of the stuff he was saying, I, even I was like, Whoa, come on, mate, you can't say that you're part of the sport media and culture department. And one of the things he turned around and said is, You know, the reason why they're softening sport is because they want to get as many people involved as possible to increase their, their, their revenue and their funding from the government. So, the more people that, um, again, if anyone knows any different, please, when we put this podcast out, you know, um, correct me if I'm wrong. But the more people they sign up as members of that governing body the more funding they get yes. So it's kind of like are these narratives and these 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 gimmicky type of uh, you know marketing pitches to, to get kids more involved in these in these um, activities are they just to line the pockets of the people in these governing bodies so well, you guys out. you guys at a low end have to suffer suffer because of then these guys at the very high echelons of, of, of the game wanting to line up their pockets. Is that just the reality of the situation?
1: Well, if you look at, if you look at football in general, or, you know, I, I use football as, as, as an example just because of how I'm involved in it and have been. You know, the, the introduction of the Premier League in the 90s, you know, it changed, changed foot, pretty much football for, forever it changed it, cha- it changed the way that the, the 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 pricing structure the 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 fees that could be that could be sort of charged just just the way just the way in which money became almost uh, sort of never ending it became like almost like a bottomless pit to to be able to invest in it. and then all of a sudden you've got this um this this super league that that was that was proposed a couple of weeks back and obviously we've got different opinions and we've got a very different opinion about why that super league be or was proposed, but let's let's say for let's let's run with a narrative. On, let, let 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 let's put on what 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 the, what the show is, shall we? Let's say, let's say what the show is. The show is that three hundred million pounds was be, was to be given to the, the founding clubs to to keep um, football um, at the high end, attracting you know new global sponsors and keep it you know make keep making Europe very very a very small place, bringing all the best teams to and from yeah. to, to and from England. So. That was to generate this. This it wasn't even a competition because there was no relegation from it. So it, it basically took would have taken the competition out of it, but, but given but given ridiculously ridiculous pots of money to the to to those to those founding clubs. So from that perspective, the money would have come out of the pyramid of football, and it would have ultimately affected grassroots even more. So what we what what they're really saying is is that without the funding that's been ridiculous already from the Premier League, grassroots football would would be struggling. I think it's, I, I think that's an absolute joke personally. I don't think they see hardly anything from from what no, what, I don't, what, yeah. what, what, what money's generated um, at the top level. you know the, the, the money that people get paid to, to be involved in in that type of football is just ridiculous based on what money it costs to, to run a, to run a football club in steps five or six, for instance in in, in the pyramid. So from that perspective, I I look at this and say, right, is, is 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 the saturation warranted? What type of things are they doing to safeguard this 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 the future of football? And the bottom line is are, are we are we making football one of these things now that is just gonna be for everyone and nobody's gonna be able to progress in it in this country? Because ultimately where the, a the bit best like players- going
0: nursery where, when you when a kid reaches a certain age, it's just one of those things you do.
1: Yeah, it's one of the things you do, and if and if you are ridiculously lucky, and you know your your name starts with a letter D or something, you get a chance to be um, to be taken off to a to a development centre when you're 14. You know, they, they, it's almost like the the, the the swirly sort of tweety birds that are saying, "Oh, try and do this. This would be great if you can just really focus. You can do this." Is not is not really even really there is it? Because, because ultimately nobody can actually see. A clear pathway from these, from grassroots football, all the way through, because the the whole thing is just an absolute sort of mess. Well, there, as, far as I'm
0: I'm aware that no governing body really outlines the expectations of what they expect from someone getting involved in their sport. Exactly. I, I, exactly. Don't, I don't know. I, uh, again, if anyone knows any different, please please correct me. I don't mind being wrong, but I don't see any governing body saying you know this 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 instead of, let's this us take netball for for an instance um, no you know netball governing body is not turning around saying before you sign up to a netball club here are the expectations we yeah. as a governing body need you to understand in order to play the game
1: yeah wouldn't
0: wouldn't it be wouldn't 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 the the the, the whole like like picture be completely different if you had that notice like on there, before you consider playing netball, yeah. you must adhere to these basic expectations. Otherwise, netball is not for you. Wow, yeah. could you imagine? Could you imagine?
1: Well, but in, then in, the quality—the quality would just be, would just right. The level would in, just just would instantly yeah, but, rise up. But it might. But imagine that in football. Imagine you 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 want to sign for. Let's say you want to sign for Tame and Tame say. Their, their first thing is right. Unless you can you can guarantee that you can do this, this, and this, you you will not play for this for, for this club. And it's not based on ability; it's based on attitude, yeah, attitude yeah. to train. So I think I think we've we've kind of covered most things based on on where where things aren't quite right. But let's look at some solutions, Rich. Because ultimately, you know, you, we can we can all have a little moan about about what's wrong in 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 things. But finding out what what, what's right how, how how do we find out what's right how do we find out what's right and, and, and what, what the pathway would be to going forwards I, I think that clubs should be should be saying to to each and every participant right you want to come and play for this football club this is what you need to be doing as a minimum this is this is our minimum expectations if you can't do that then we've got a big problem yeah right and, and we don't particularly want to be sort of turning people away but Ultimately, what what you'll be you'll, what you'll do is if you if you can't do what we're asking you to do based on attitude, then you'll be affecting four of the children, and we can't have that here. But that yeah. is not clear. That is not a clear. It's not, it's not a clear message. It's not a clear um, signal to anybody that wants to play football. This is what you need to be doing in order to get yourself into this type of football, this organized football. Because you, know, you have there's...
0: some sports that have are just very. You know, they're very clear based yeah. on just, just to what I do like boxing for example goodness you know, me every, you know, you everyone look, knows yeah, like yeah. you do not go to a boxing club if you're not if you're not ready to to, to get involved in that type of activity definitely because definitely and, but so instantly there's this there's this there's this honesty just by looking at the sport and you think well I'm not prepared for that that's not for me but then and, and the same like with swimming in a way and you've got athletics Mm-hmm. Um, sports that yeah. are based upon times and distances, yeah, don't offer a lot of delusion.
1: No, they don't. It... No, because because there's, there's a tangible way <laughs> of measuring measuring it. Yeah, there's a tangible way of measuring it, and we all know in football that football is not tangibly measured. It's based on opinion. Yeah. So for me, so from my perspective, you need to work on criteria. And most academies, and I, and I know this is. We, we, I'm going to go into a different realm a little bit but most academies based all of their criteria on on the fundamental techniques so heading passing dribbling running with the ball fitting all those types of areas if if there was a way to 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 identify these areas within that criteria you you, you would you would instantly know where you stood with every player that came into into your organization you'd instantly have a way of of, of quantifying ability because if somebody can, if somebody's good at heading the ball, good at control, let's say for instance out of ten, so t- ten passes they can pass the ball the same ten times out of 10, 10 out of ten. If they their their ball control, their their awareness, their 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 speed, their their strength, all the all the all the all the attributes you, you, that you can probably think of could go through a list, and if you could grade them out of ten, you would have a very clear picture of what that player was before you even got a chance to 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 um, to experience them on the pitch, you'd have a very you'd have a good idea what type of person they were to coach them. Yeah. yes, yes, it's a lot of work. yes, it's a lot of a lot a, a lot of um, things but again that comes down to what what do you really want to achieve if you if you come back to that, that the, the topic we're talking about for, for sport for all is it for everyone it, at the minute it is sadly because there's no criteria to set against in terms of a terms of getting involved. I'm not saying that in terms of yes it is sadly the problem the problem that you've got is when you when you make football for everybody or sport for everybody you open the door to the good and the bad what yeah. you've got to remember is when that bad comes through the door or that difficult comes through the door you've got to have 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 somebody stood there checking to th- to say is this is this a bad apple we're putting into our apple basket so
0: so and maybe it... a, a system in place where you analyze and do that type of thing you just said for a good two to three weeks for, for for someone who's just come into the club, and then say and, and basically say to the parent, look, we've analysed um, their behaviour, we've analysed their you know their focus mm. and their desire, and they they're falling short. and Unless they can up up their enthusiasm and up their focus,
1: then um, we can't really do. Do you reckon that's a, maybe a way forward? It might be, I mean, like I say, it's a lot of work, but I would probably say there's there's a way to analyze it even simpler. I would I would literally have one category for junior football, junior football up to the age of eleven. And I would have one category and one category only, and it comes in it's attitude. Yeah. It is attitude. Does that person want to be there? You know, does that does that child really want to be there? If they don't want to be there. Then you need to give them the opportunity to 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 be either at the level that they they need to be, or an opportunity just to to, to to just to identify to the, either the parents or the people, the guardians, that possibly this isn't the right environment for them because they will be affecting other children, and maybe cut cut your cloth accordingly. Because ultimately, yeah. like I say, when when's it, when 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 will it stop? When when will when will that? Be enough, be enough. When potentially you've affected three or four players that could have potentially gone on to future and better and better careers, and you've had one person that stopped those four players. Let's t- let's times that by ten. Let's say they stopped forty players. Yeah, of, uh, that, that, yeah, that's
0: the that's the thing that um grates me the most. But we um we I tell you what, Craig, we've done superb. But what we I think we should do for everyone listening now is just come up, just both us together. Well, we go one at a time, but just conclude. Come up with a conclusion, come up with in your perspective, what the answer is. Yeah. Um, and I'll and I'll do it myself. So you you take the floor, um, Craig, and okay. um just basically conclude everything we've talked about. Yeah. And at the very end, can you answer the question very simply, is sport for all? So take the floor, yeah. mate
1: so for, so i, I we what we, we've, we've we've spoken about a lot of things this evening richard and the one the one thing i think we've covered clearly is that if a child takes part in sport there needs to be a clear motive for doing that and it has to come from the child okay so that's that to me there has to be a willingness and enthusiasm and a passion to want to be part of that, that the setup you're putting them into that to me is probably the most clearest Sort of identification of what we've been speaking about tonight. My my, my personal opinion, and um, based on what I currently do at Tame, is that I want I I do want as many children to experience football, whether boy, boys girls, of all abilities, to experience football. But the, the one thing I'll, I'll look for try to try to make sure that it is 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 evident and clear is their attitude when they're there. If I could, if there, there's no such word as coachability, but if there was, everyone understands and knows what that probably would mean. Is that person coachable? Can they be coached in a situation where you ask them to do something and they go, "Yes, I can try and do that for you." You know, like you, you alluded to earlier. You know, you ran through brick walls for your manager, and in that situation, you you did that not knowing why you were doing it, but you did it because you're asked to, and you love doing what you were doing. That's mm. all you want really. You want you want children to to have the opportunity to enjoy what they're doing. If it's not right for them, it's not right for them. Yeah. You know, and, and that to me is when it's when we're, you know, concluding on is sport for all. It is, but it has to be the right sport and it has to be their choice. If it's yeah. their choice and it's the right sport, then absolutely get out, get as many children involved in sport as you possibly can. If it's not right and they don't choose to do it and there's no passion there. Don't square peg a round hole.
0: There you go. That's going to probably going to go on as one of the uh, um, one of the um, standout quotes of this uh, podcast. But for myself to conclude, I think what you're seeing is is a uh, a dumbing down of um, sport, and that's coming from the high levels, high echelons of uh, of, of the sporting governing bodies. Their their eagerness to, to acquire public funding has made them dilute an experience which should be clear and concise for anyone getting involved in like we talked about the boxing if you go into a boxing club you're going to get smacked in the face everyone knows that and no one's deluded into that so you don't go if you don't like being smacked in the face Mm. and when it comes to sports that again are are not timed where you don't have this clear um, oversight of um, where you're at um, I think the, the narrative pushed down from the high echelons of society um, deludes kids into thinking they're a part of something when in, in, in a sense, then they haven't got the ability to be a part of it. And what happens then is it takes down the um, enjoyment for the ones who do want to be a part of it. And it wastes time across the board from, from and it takes away the enjoyment from the coaches who just want to coach. Um, um, good football, and it doesn't, again, I'm not talking about great players, I'm talking about like Craig said, I'm talking about players who want to be there, who are passionate who will, who will, who will fight and chase and, and give everything for the team, don't care if they can kick a ball, don't care if they can throw a netball couldn't care less if they drowned in a swimming pool, as long as they tried their best to do everything they possibly could to maximise that experience not just for themselves, but for everyone else around them, so Absolutely. Yeah, so basically sport is not for all because if you do not hold the uh, the basic fundamental fundamental criteria for being a part of a team being a part of of, of, of a system um, that is designed to basically um, 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 give success to everyone there um, then you you don't you don't, you shouldn't be there and you don't deserve to be there and um, I think club, I think all clubs across the country in any level of sport reserve the right to um, basically outline basic fundamental standards they need um, or the kids need to engage in the activity they're doing. And um, yeah, I think, um, but like, like, like Craig said, if, if, if you want to get involved in sport and you've got the right attitude, then more the merrier. But if you have, haven't got the right attitude or you're deluded, deluded into thinking you have it, but you haven't, then sport is definitely not for you. But Craig, we smashed that, mate. Hour and, yeah. an hour and a half um, talking about sport for all or not. We're probably going to come back next week with a, a lockdown podcast discussing the impact of lockdown on, um, on sport in, in this country and the effect it's had on kids. So that's going to be a bit explosive because um, yeah. yeah, that's going to be a good one to follow if if you're going to tune in next week. So um, yeah, Craig, Thank, thanks for tonight. Everyone listening, please share, please follow our um our, our social media pages on Twitter and Instagram. And the more that what, the more that listen, the more content we can put out, the more we can grow it. And we're going to get special guests on. We're gonna we're going to make it even more explosive. We're going to have people on the left side. We're going to have people on the right side. We're going to have a few people in the middle but normally it's going to be a war between the left and the right but, um <laughs> craig it's been a pleasure and um we 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 look to do one next week then yeah, mate
1: yes mate like i say thanks very much for um for for obviously including me in this rich it's been uh, been an absolute pleasure like i say an hour and a half just just goes in the blink of an eye especially when you're talking about football or sport in general like i say we both both love and the reason why we want to do it is because we both both just love and are passionate about sport and sport development it's, it's, it, everything that's said and uh, we discuss is all about ju- just because we have the love and, and passion to want to develop it at, at, at all levels, and it's just like I say, just these little niggles and little things that that we sort of come across that sort of cause that that almost gritted teeth and that thought process of oh I should have said that or maybe I maybe I should have done this. It, it, it's identify those thought patterns that maybe if that if, if, if it was clear and concise. Then you wouldn't have those grumbles, but hopefully we've and any we- any
0: and the, and the experience and the development of the kids who are uh, who are act- actively involved, and even the kids who, who who probably are are not understanding it. If they if they just had a clear vision or cl- there was a clear identity attached to joining a sports club, then most of this stuff will be eradicated.
1: Oh, and yeah. um, it would be, be irrelevant. Yeah,
0: and the progression of people within these sports will just be. Would be, would be more dramatic. We have more teams winning at, at, at World Cup levels and Olympic levels. And um, yeah, we would we, reap the rewards of it. But again, um, it's just, unfortunately, you know, 2021 and we've kind of lost our ability to um, stand up for what's, what's right in a way. But the yeah. reason I'm so passionate about sport is because sport is the only truth I truly know. So um, yeah, so um, great. Pleasure. And um, we'll be back next week.
1: Nice one, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me. We'll see you next week. Nice one. Speak soon. Cheers, buddy.